Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. The little pieces of coconut. They get stuck in your they teeth. They get stuck in your teeth are like little presents later on. <laughs> They're a forever gift. Yeah. Is it kind of like if you had a beard and had crumbs, it, it's a snack for later? No, because I'm guessing. Because that's like super disgusting. So that's outside of <laughs> your um, mouth. You're, you're talking about stuff that is coming out of your teeth. Yeah, but like it's already in your mouth. Hours after you eat it. Yeah, what but is it's doing? This is going to sound even more disgusting than coconut stuck in your teeth. Oh, but no. when you eat sushi and fish eggs, <laughs> yeah, get stuck. And they get stuck. But I fucking love fish eggs. <laughs> so do I. Uh-uh. I always want Seriously, the fish eggs on What's the sushi. What's it called on sushi, though? They call it... Bro. No, it's like when the... Masago. Masago, yeah. It's like the orange... I always get the sushi with the fish Dude, I just had cheesecake and it's still in my mouth and you're making me want to vomit. I could go for some sushi right now, guys. Sushi after cheesecake? Sushi. It's Nicole's birthday. How old are you going to be, Nicole, on the 29th? Old enough to have a quarter life crisis. (laughs) Quarter life crisis? one year. (laughs) I was going to say your quarter life crisis was this time last year. I'm having another one. 26. Ooh. (laughs) I made Nicole a cheesecake. It's delicious. So good. It's a German chocolate cheesecake. Sadly, Bonnie's lactose intolerant, so she's sitting over there. (laughs) Yeah, I can't eat it. Giving us the stink eye, the side eye. If my stomach was okay today, I might try a little tiny piece, but my stomach has not been okay today anyways, and I've already had to take two stomach pills, so. I'm sorry, baby. I'm not even going to try it. No. Because it's it's a long drive home. (laughs) (laughs) When you're squeezing your butt cheeks together. Yeah, well, yeah. Been there, done that, I feel you. And let me tell you, walking up this to the second floor, <laughs> really sucks. That's the real danger. <laughs> you look at the stairs and you're like, like uh-uh. is there bushes? Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding, be, I would never do that. To be like the bridesmaids. <laughs> it's happening! It's happening! <laughs> Just sit down in the middle of the street and hopefully I have my big skirt in the car. <laughs> my poop skirt <laughs> I put this on when I just know I won't make it <laughs> have you guys ever been driving home and literally thought about how like you have to go to the bathroom right that second and you're trying to hold it but you're literally as you're driving wondering where a good spot would be if you had to pull over and like pee in the bushes or something yeah yes I've no, literally been yes. in that situation Not since I moved to Oklahoma no I have but, never had yeah. to do it yet but li- literally I've been so terrified like and then there's been points where I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going to piss in my pants. And I, I never have. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, you're like, how hard would it be to clean out of my seat I if know. I went really? ahead and just Well, went. mine's leather, so I, I got a little bit of luck there. But No, I have had thoughts about those big Sonic cups, though. Not when you're, while you're actually driving. Okay, Well, not while you're story. driving, I mean, but if you had to stop. Yeah. But then you're already outside. Yeah. (laughs) So who cares? But your ass is hanging out. I mean, at least that way you could sort of hang your ass towards your car. I'm sure I was just a guy. Yeah. I mean, that would be. Yes. And okay, something about those big big Sonic cups. Have you ever tried to prop yourself up enough in the car 
to put one of those sonic cups underneath you no, to be able to go. There's I no said way. I had thoughts. I didn't say I'd actually tried <laughs> well, to do it. Let me tell it. you, well, I actually tried Martha. it and it doesn't work. <laughs> you tried it? Yes. There was one time when I was nine months pregnant with my son and we were on our way to Tulsa and the interstate came to a complete stop and we were sitting there for hours. Oh, no. Hours. And I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And what we ended up having to open both of the doors, take a blanket and put it on the other side. And mind you, it's snowing. Oh, my God. And I had to get out and pee in the middle of the interstate with the snow falling on my bare ass while I was nine months pregnant with Tyler. This is a horrible story, but it's really funny. <laughs> it was funny. This was a while ago now, so it's fine. Right. It's not, it's not traumatic no anymore. <laughs> the PSD is gone. <laughs> or PTS, sorry. I just know that with my J pouch and having ulcerative colitis, I hate having to go to the bathroom, and it happens so often. Aww. And you're like driving, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm going to die. My bladder's going to explode. <laughs> or I'm going to shit my pants right here, right yeah. now. As a 26 year old, <laughs> and there's yeah, in there's traffic on I 35, yeah, <laughs> being stuck in traffic and just having those issues, and you're like, Fuck. I bet you weren't the only person who had to do that day. I'm sure. Well, I mean, my husband at the time peed in the Sonic cup, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't squat. Well, you were also pregnant, high so like... enough to to be able to put the cup underneath the two <laughs> it was just it was awkward oh. it was awkward <laughs> i remember being so thankful we were stuck in traffic for literally eight hours um in arizona like like we were going from reno nevada to oklahoma city it mm-hmm. was me and one of my great friends and it was like march or something a snowstorm in arizona like Whoa. like right after we had le- left oh, las vegas and there was a like a tin car pile up, but it had been oh, like man. five miles in front of us. But the traffic was like dead, so far dead back. Stop, huh? Dead stop. Three lanes of traffic. Dead stop for eight hours. Literally, we got stuck at 6 p.m. and they let us out at 2 a.m. <gasps> but I just remember being stuck wow. to, next to all these truckers. And <laughs> literally, it's me and this teenage girl. We're like 17 at the time. Or I'm 17 and she's 16. And these guys are literally getting out of their car to piss in the snow. And we're just like, well, I hope we really don't have to go to the bathroom right now. And thank God we did not. For eight hours, that you is didn't a have long to go. Time. No, well, but we literally sat in the car and like danced the entire time if you to don't music. Drink anything. Yeah, we didn't have like we had run out of food at this point. Like we were trying to go to stop like we needed. We were we had like a quarter of a tank of gas. <laughs> so did you just turn off the car? Yeah, we would turn it on and off. Because it would get kind of cold. Well, so yeah, right. turn it back on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I was slightly worried. And then finally at 2 a.m., like a highway trooper came and knocked on everybody's window and was like, wait the fuck up. You guys can go now. <laughs> but it was all of us. We were all just like a party right in the middle of the interstate. It was Woo-hoo! fun and awful at the same With time. With a bunch of truckers. Yeah. They had like DVD players and stuff in their car. They were lucky. Well, because well, when iPod. they stop, like a lot of them, like that's where they live. Like they've got yeah. a bed in there and a thing. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> My grandpa was a truck driver. You got for any years, room in there? And he had all of that. He had like a little mini TV. He had mm-hmm. a refrigerator that was, I mean, a cooler that was actually a refrigerator that he plugged into the car. 
for power so he didn't have to stop for eyes. He had like the full sleeper. He Is it had... wrong that I'm like having visions of what I would do during the Walking Dead type scenario now that you, you told live. me all this about truckers? <laughs> you could find a trucker and live in their vehicle because... Mm-hmm. Just carry your supplies yeah. around. Why have they, they never had that on my, The Walking Dead? What the hell is wrong with these people? I mean, people? but also, you need diesel. Uh, this has uh, been a real well, yeah. There's that outlet for serial killers too. Uh huh. That's yep. true. Oh, speaking, I've seen at least three CSIs, and then I can think of at least two real world examples since yeah. I've since in the past ten years. So like. Well, I mean, I wouldn't get into a trucker's vehicle that I didn't know. <laughs> okay, now, speaking of serial killers, since you brought it up and since this is a Halloween episode. And serial killers the last are Halloween. fascinating. So Evidently, Jeffrey Dahmer made oh sandwiches for mm-hmm. his neighbors out of his victims. Yeah. Did you not know that? I was so grossed out when I read that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> it's I am never eating anything from the neighbors ever again. It's just a remember very that. Sweeney Todd situation. <laughs> yeah. Just remember that next I had time no you have idea. a potluck He literally sewed work. things out of their skin. Well, that's gross on its own, but I mean... I mean, he it, had... It, at least he didn't sew me like a present and give it to me. Oh, here's this lovely silk purse. Made out, out of somebody's maybe balls not you, or but something. maybe somebody else. When we were in, so I took forensic psych in college, mm-hmm. and we had to watch a do- we watched a docu. We didn't have to. We were all very excited about it, but we watched a documentary <laughs> about Jeffrey Dahmer and how like people were like, he's so nice. Like he was really good friends with the lady who lived next door to him. She's like, he was so nice. They I said never. That he was a really nice person. She was like, he didn't. He acted like a totally normal person. And that's what a lot of people said about Ted Bundy too. Because mm-hmm. some psychopaths are weird and out there, and you can tell, but some are really charming and know how to blend in, and you just can't now, tell. Now, how fucking creepy is that? Dude, it's super cool. If you go to, like, It's Alcohol, creepy. Yeah. That's really creepy. I mean, if you think about all of the people in your life. Well, but most Maybe people, I'm secretly a serial killer. Most I'm super people who are nice, psychopaths right? aren't <laughs> serial killers. She's like, no, you're <laughs> not. a bitch, man. You're not nice. Uh, we went to Alcatraz last year to, you know the prison and because my great grandfather was in Alcatraz because he was an accomplice of uh, Machine Gun Kelly and him oh, and Machine Gun no Kelly way. They, uh, Boss Shannon uh, it was his name <laughs> Look, Alyssa, she's all have you heard out. of Boss Shannon yes yeah that's my great grandfather by the way <laughs> no anyways take a picture of her face oh my, God, my phone's hilarious. dead I'm sorry yeah. hold but, on I gotta do that anyways, no. I made Travis go with me to Alcatraz and they were literally sitting there talking about how Machine Gun Kelly was the nicest prisoner. Oh yeah, of like all of their prisoners, and I was like, this dude literally just like kidnapped people, is in there on federal charges for like the rest of his life, mm-hmm. and you're the prison guards are like, yeah, he's so nice. <laughs> I mean, you watched? Did you watch Mindhunter? You watched Mindhunter. I watched Mindhunter. Mind the dude who really played what's his face, the one, the that really he was creepy talk- one, Ed Gein. No, that's a different one. No, the one um, that he was like talking to in the prison for yes. most of the time. And, and you just like forget for like episodes that he was a murderer and a serial killer because he was so yeah. affable and nice. And then he'd say something and you're like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it is totally. It'll take your breath away. It really will. Also, mm-hmm. he was very good and deserved to be nominated for some kind of award, and he wasn't. I and that's so totally unfair. I totally agree that that actor should have had an it award. It was nuts, though. Like, I was like, I don't think you're a serial killer at all. And then suddenly, <gasps> it'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> I 
have to run away now and change my panties. I'm in I'm in my house, but I'm scared. Also, I think he's dead now. Oh, well, who was that guy? He was the guy who put his mom's head on a stick. I can't. Gonna he was the one that you. killed the nurses. Oops, mine. He was the nurses. Look up. No, that was another dude. That was. Um, Are we talking about Mindhunter still, right? Yeah. The glasses and. Uh, Click on Cameron Ed- Edmund. No. Yes, that's him. Who? That's the one I'm talking about. He played Ed Kemper. Thank you, Ed, Ed Kemper. Kemper. Oh, yes. Thank God. His name is Cameron Britton. Oh, okay. Well, that's- he is super talented, and I hope he does more things. So speaking of movies, I have breaking news. Breaking news. What? <laughs> it is fabulous. I'm so excited about it. And I think we mentioned this on the last podcast. And I think I even talked about it when I reviewed this book. But uh, Killers of the Flower Moon has 100% officially been optioned for a movie and production will begin Next in 2019. It's so exciting. Being directed by Martin, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese and starring... Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. That was gonna be a big movie. I know, right? Very so excited. guess who's gonna like move to Tulsa in like three months so just so I can go hang out with Leonardo DiCaprio? You. Like, that was my first thought. I was like happening. Are they Why? gonna shoot here? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was in Claremore, so yeah. well over there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe here. I bet you I they'll so. I bet they will. The last mm-hmm. thing I could think of that was shot here was the killer inside me in that movie it was weird and bad. Well, we were going to talk about something else, too, weren't we? Was it that dude who burned the books in Iowa? Yes. God damn it, Iowa. Fuckers. The burning of the books and all Mm -hmm. the bombs that are going off. I kind of think that we are... That dude was from Florida. We're in a dystopian novel right now. We are in a dystopian novel. Former presidents being targeted with bombs. Mm -hmm. Preachers burning LGBTQ kids' books. I mean, what kind of crap is going on in this world? Not only a dystopian novel, but a dystopian horror novel. Mm-hmm. Is anyone yeah. else outraged over here? I mean, I'm just very sad about it. I've had outrage, and I'm just real bummed about it. And... Yeah, I have outrage overload myself. Well, it's just the only thing that's scary, really scary about it, besides all of this shit that's happening, is that how divided everybody in America is getting. It's like it's, it is everybody's just getting even more and more divided and more and more hateful towards everybody. Yep. And it's just, it's scary. Where I wish we could just find some dude that's like smack down the middle and everybody go, okay, let's just get that guy. It's not if only happen. it worked that way. I know. It would be nice though, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. Heavy sigh. Just know, for those of you who live in other countries... That we are not for any of this bullshit over here. Mm-mm. Especially not the book burning. I mean, jeez. Wheeze. What year is this again? I know. We just like digress like a hundred years into the into Past. history. Yeah, I know. Women's rights are going to the shitter. We got book burnings. We got bombs. <sighs> this is a horror podcast. So it fits right in. Sometimes I wonder, like, can you imagine being in the medieval times, though, and having news, having Facebook? Think about all the witch burning, like, you know, them going after witches and Catholic, or, you know, like, just the entire... If they had the assorted positions. Yeah, but, like, think Mm -hmm. about if you could actually get the news from, like, that time period. Like, if you were sitting there getting updates like we do now, I think we don't live in as bad of a... But think about, think about 
Yeah, but I don't want to live faster. in the medieval times. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, but it's, I feel like we think about how much faster the news of something like that would spread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I know this kind of thing happens, like the burning <coughs> of the books. It happens every once in a while, everything, but it just seems like it's happening more. We've had Facebook a long enough now where you can tell that things are happening more than what they used to. And it's not just that the news is getting faster because it's been this fast for a while. Well, part of it is everything has been nationalized now. Yeah. Whereas before news, like there was national news and there was local news and local news didn't really hit national news in the same way as it does now. And another argument would be like, think about if the LGBTQ, like if you're going after like if they're burning those books now, but think about how 15 years ago, people weren't trying to come out. Really, yep. Like it was the beginning right. of the deal. And so they were still hiding. The people then. And the people who are angry about this, it has taken them 15 years of anger building up to get to a point where they're going to do something drastic like burn a book just right, because, because they feel like they've lost their and I don't I'm not saying that's okay obviously no. I feel like they feel like they have a leg to stand on now because of how divided America is and I'm not even talking about like politically I'm just talking about with as divided as America is right now that the religious fanatics who are burning the books feel like they have more of a right to be able to burn the books than they did 15 years ago because 15 years ago they would have been judged harsher for burning the books because we weren't as divided and there were still people who were trying to understand. But it was now more, it seems like I I kind of agree. And then at the same time, like 15 years ago, like if somebody came out, it was a much bigger deal than right now. I think personally, I think that all of those things are true. But now the hateful people are having their their views reinforced every single mm-hmm. day. They're able to say all those hateful things back and forth to each other all day. And they're because they have more people standing behind them. That's what I'm saying. America yeah. so divided. I'm not even talking about political parties. I'm just talking oh, yeah. about in general. Well, I agree. America is massively divided and it's they have depressing. Yes. I, I don't but know. All that, and it's, it's just sad that on there's, itself out there. there's like no this, empathy ugh. for anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. And like what the, the hell is that about? Extreme religious people have no empathy for the other side and so on and so forth. And it's just, it, it it's sad. It's really sad that people are as hateful as they are. Mm-hmm. And frustrating. Okay, right. so, so Halloween is literally four Ish, I can't count days away. It's not really. That's why we can talk about (laughs) (laughs) it's Wednesday. That's why we can talk about all these horrible subjects. (laughs) Thank you. Because honestly, they're a hell of a lot more scary than most of the books we read. Yeah, (laughs) that's the reality. Is scarier than the books we read. What the hell is up with that shit? Oh, mine was pretty scary. Uh, Actually, so is mine. (laughs) Yeah, mine's not this week. Yeah, good. So shall we begin the onslaught of uh, frightening literature? I think we should just have Bonnie start. Okay, all right. Let's not mess with the status quo. She needs to be. (laughs) Stay with the system, man. Listen, this is too complicated. I'm gone for a week and everything goes to shit. By the way, welcome home. We missed you. We did miss you. I I did listen last week and it was fantastic. You guys didn't even miss me. Yeah, other than telling me we that had a very big day. I need to attack people for saying stuff about children. Thank you for that. 
Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> Bonnie, defender of children everywhere. But for real, I remember the glare. Like, I could feel it boring into me when I said something about the children and you looked at me and you were like, motherfucker. <laughs> you better. You I'm better about back to sterilize your ovaries. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I can't Calm say down. you're the first person I've done that to. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sometimes I don't know the power. Do you remember of my what look. book we were talking about? Because I was going to let Alyssa listen to that episode. <laughs> I remember it was a book that you read that had something about obnoxious little kids in it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that. that you were saying something about all children are obnoxious. I'm like, what? <laughs> my child is not obnoxious all the time. <laughs> Now we know the truth because he works here, so you can't say that anymore. All right, let's go ahead to books before I dig myself into a hole. (laughs) And I decided to go with a classic Halloween novel that I had never read before. That's Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. And this was a very good book. I did enjoy it. However, I will say that the language in it is very old. Uh And it's very dense and chewy. And I could not listen to this at work while I was working. I actually had to wait until I was in my car to listen to it where I had less distractions, you know. You had to actually concentrate on it. Right. You know, less distractions, just traffic and stuff like that. (laughs) Get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to listen to Frankenstein over here. Frankenstein after your ass. (laughs) And what the story is, is Dr. Victor Frankenstein is a young scientist who studies the human anatomy. And he also studies a a lot of other things, but he's fascinated with the way the body works. So he decides that he's going to create a living being out of body parts. And when he's trying to create it, he picks body parts that he thinks are going to be beautiful. He thinks that this is going to be a beautiful monster. And now he does make it the monster bigger. Does he call it a monster? No, he doesn't call him a monster when he's creating him. And he makes him, you know, eight foot tall because he wants him to be larger than life. But when he's done and actually gives life to Frankenstein or to the monster, he's he's scary. And Frankenstein is afraid and he runs away. So this monster that he's created is intelligent like a regular adult human being, but he knows absolutely nothing about the world that he lives in. So when when Dr. Frankenstein runs away from him and he wanders off, he wanders countries away and ends up observing a peasant family and learning everything that he knows from the peasant family. But at the same time, when he ever he tries to approach somebody because he's lonely, he has no one. Everyone's afraid of him because he's a monster and he looks like a monster. And so he figures out quickly that he cannot talk to other people because they're going to be afraid and try to kill him. And this really bothers him a lot. Well, after he learns language and reading and everything else from this this peasant family that he watches for like two years. He ends up going back and finding Dr. Frankenstein 
because he wants Dr. Frankenstein to create him a wife because he's lonely. He can't have a relationship with anybody because everyone is so afraid of him and he doesn't like it. And Dr. Frankenstein doesn't want to do it because he's still afraid of Frankenstein. He doesn't want to create another abomination. Does he call him? What does he call the his creation? I don't even think he ever gives does him, he a give him a name. I don't think, I don't he, think has he has a name. A name. They, he just, they just call him uh, the monster. To tell you the truth, I kind of, before, you know, he became a shit and started killing people, I felt really bad for the monster. <laughs> and then... Before he started doing bad things... then the murders began. Okay, no, the monster starts torturing the people that Dr. Frankenstein cares about because Dr. Frankenstein will not create another abomination so that the monster has... Sorry, that's confusing because I'm so used to the monster being called Frankenstein. I, See, I want to call him Frankenstein. That's what I was trying to get at. Explain. But, but it's interesting because there have been so many adaptations of the story over the years that the original doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Right. And the original is a lot different than anything that I've ever seen about Frankenstein. Literally every like TV show, if it's been on TV long enough, we'll have some weird Frankenstein episode or... How many Frankenstein-type movies does Disney have? Probably a lot. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, the only Frankenstein thing I think I've ever watched is Young Frankenstein. I love Young Frankenstein. So that is I. like my favorite movie of all time. It's Frankenstein. 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 But yeah, I, I've never actually my read... boyfriend! <laughs> <laughs> I've never read that Sorry. original story, so... And it, it, I think it'd be fun to go read it and compare it to like pop culture and see right. what the differences are. Mm -hmm. So what was your take on after you've read it? Have you seen any of these other ones? Have you seen Young Frankenstein? I have. And I've read other books that are called Frankenstein. Yeah, because you are, read the Dean Koontz ones, didn't right. you? Right. That's very different from the original Frankenstein. And of course, watched movies and the whole nine yards. And this was very different than anyone that I have read or watched. So and I liked it. It wasn't, I didn't think it was really overly scary, but for its time, it was, it was good. And even though it's written in kind of like an old world style, because it was written so long ago, you can still understand it. It's not like, like one time I tried to read the Scarlet Letter one time. Holy crap. -uh. Hey, I liked the Scarlet Letter. The only reason I knew what was happening in the Scarlet Letter is because I had watched the, the movie. The Demi Moore version. Yeah. <laughs> I love I Nathaniel it, so Hawthorne. I knew what happened. I do too. The House of the Seven Gables yeah. is my favorite. Nathaniel though. Hawthorne is really an acquired taste, but I really love yes, him. Yes. But the, just the language yeah. is so dense. Yeah. This one was l less than the Scarlet Letter, so I didn't have trouble following it all. That's good. So what's the what's your final takeaway from it? Having seen and heard and and consumed all the Frankensteinian things over the years, what what's your final takeaway from it? I liked it. You know which which version of Frankenstein I think is the closest to this? Which is one? the one in Penny Dreadful. Yes. Uh, I loved Penny Dreadful. I had to take a break because mm -hmm. I got scared. Right. Mm -hmm. It does get pretty scary. I'm scared. I watched the whole first season and I was like, yeah, we'll just go let this yeah. sit a while. Penny Dreadful was really excellent. And I think I agree with you on that. I think that it was good. Dr. Frankenstein and the monster, the closest adaptation to it is the Frankenstein and 
Penny Dreadful. And that's on. Is that still playing on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. That would be a good one to watch this weekend, y'all. Yeah, you want to get real fucking scared. (laughs) I told Travis we have to watch Halloween Town this weekend. Yes. (laughs) But if you watch Penny Dreadful, don't watch it with your children. That's because you were not a child in the year 1998. Uh huh. Nope. But you should totally. Totally go on Amazon and pay three ninety nine for a Halloween Town. Halloween Town to two. buy it. Calabar's Revenge. Buy it. And Halloween watch Town it. three. I don't think so. But. No, it's great. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds is in them. Yeah, I think Debbie I'd, Reynolds. I mean, I do like Demi, Debbie Reynolds. They're very good. But I think if I watched mm. something like that, I'd probably watch Hocus Pocus. I like Hocus. It's, Pocus. If you like Hocus, Hocus Pocus, you will love Halloween Town Same too. Same thing. Okay. They're really creative stories. Like they're they're definitely like their own thing. They're not like oh this was modeled after this or this was modeled after this. Like and Halloween Town's not supposed very, to be scary. It's very supposed to be rare fun. for. But Disney. I like being scared. Damn it! If if I'm gonna watch something Halloweeny, by God, it better be creepy. This is the greatest thing ever. Even Travis liked it. He was like, "What the fuck?" They're so bad. I watch them every it. year for Halloween. I still have to watch those. I still have to watch. I was going to watch you. The New Haunting of Hill House, but my friend Rachel said it got really fucking scary. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till you can come watch it with me and tell me when all the jump scares are so I'm not as scared. Oh, right. Martha? Yes. They have a making of the murder of a murderer, too. Yep. Yes. Is it watching now? Part yeah. two came out. It came oh. out on the 26th, which may have been yesterday. I, I, told me. Or something like I that. guess I know what I'm doing when I get home tonight. Tyler told me, he said, I need to hurry up and watch it so he can discuss it with me. Okay, so um, let's give title and artist of your book before we get too far away from that. Um, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Sorry, Nicole and I are freaking out about all of the Disney Halloween movies right now. (laughs) Am I going to have to on Amazon? Am I going to have to separate you two again? No, Mm -hmm. I don't (laughs) want to be watching. It's just exciting. It's a very specific like. Mom's got a date with the vampire type of person who likes to watch these movies. Oh, well, any kid born in the 90s. Yes. Twitches is on there. That's also great. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Smart House, which stars Katie Seagal in her least threatening threatening role. Under wraps. Did Hocus of... Pocus come out in the 90s, though? It was yes. earlier 90s, though. I think it came out in 90... I want to say 92. I think it came out the year I was born. I was going to say Hocus Pocus was out when I was a teenager, I thought. Okay, kids. We're going to have to move along here. Sorry to, like... Stop your 90s love fest, but uh, listen, just because you're not an 80s, 90s child, I can say I'm an 80s, 90s child because I was still a kid in 90, kind of. I got married in 1990, so yeah, old. I wasn't born yet. All right, shut up, Uh, (laughs) Alyssa. (laughs) So this week I read a paranormal romance because I was going to read a gothic novel and then I ran out of time. To Dallas and back on Wednesday, so I have a really good excuse. <laughs> hey, it's cool. It's all good. We'll take whatever you got, baby. <laughs> so I read a paranormal romance. It is called No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole. It is actually the second book in her Immortals After Dark series. Don't read the first book. It's really rapey. <laughs> uh oh. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Li- we don't like rapey. And then it was like someone was like, "Hey, girl, that's bad." And then the rest are fine. <laughs> It's really weird. Hmm. When I read the first one, they were like, I told my friend, I was like, I can't read these. She was like, no, 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 no. That's the bad one. The rest of them are good. The rest are better. Fast forward. You just start on the second one and it's fine. (laughs) So um, the Immortals After Dark series is super long. They're like uh, 15, 16 books now. 
There are a million of them. So we start out in this world called the lore, and it's set in the modern day United States. Um, and so lore beings are people who are supernatural beings and they live among us. So the cool part about this book and all the books in the series is that it's this super expansive world and mythology that she's created. It's really different and unique and it's Hmm. like she's just developed it so well. And so there are vampires and werewolves and Valkyrie and demons and fairies and witches and all kinds of stuff. Um, It's really great. So this one focuses on Katarin the Cold-Hearted, who is a Valkyrie. And Just for those of us who are a little um, <laughs> amiss in our mythology, what the freak is a Valkyrie again? Um, I should know this. Well, but... it's kind of, she's a supernatural woman who is created by um, like oh. lightning striking her right before now. she's going to die a heroic death. But so the idea behind these is so now like all the original Valkyrie created, but now they have children. And so like most of the characters in this book were like, their parents were the original ones, and then, like, they're their children. Oh, okay. So. Um, and then the other character is a vampire, and his name is Sebastian Roth. And so he fucking hates being a vampire. <laughs> he was turned into a vampire against as well. He's really uh, moody and upset and very uh, just emo about the entire sounds situation. Sounds like Anne Rice's uh, character. Yeah, real moody, but, <laughs> less, cra- but less crazy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, a little less, like, bloodlust and... Yeah. Less Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Oh my god, I forgot <laughs> I forgot his last name for a second. I was like Tom, Tom Hanks. Uh, no, Tom Cruise. No, Tom Hanks is much better. Yeah. Uh much much less that more like I don't know, emo circa like two thousand five. Okay. Like the vampire gotcha. diaries. Vampire Diaries, yeah, <laughs> but sadder. Vampire Diaries, but sadder. Okay. Um, so he's under the impression all of his family is dead. And so um, the idea behind these books and kind of the forward motion is that there's this thing called the accession. And it happens every 500 years. What happens is fate or the universe starts to really um, separate out like the good and evil sides of the lore. And so what happens is fate. It's a really weird part about this book. Like everyone has like their soulmate. They've got different names for different species or whatever. But so um, in this accession, it's really starting to pair up people who are like of different species. So like she's a Valkyrie and he's a vampire, but usually it just be like a vampire and a vampire (laughs) or something like that. Um, but so the problem with this is that Katarin's two younger sisters who were killed hundreds and hundreds of years ago were murdered by a vampire. And it's been her goal in life to murder all the vampires. But she loves ever. him, right? Well, that happens in the end. Oh, okay. So the cool Sorry. thing about this book is most of it is like a supernatural version of the amazing race. Really? So what they're doing is they're she's competing in this competition that's held every like 200 years or so to get this kind of talisman. And it's like a special talisman with these huge powers because this one is one that allows you to go back in time. And she wants to go back and save her sisters. So it's really important to her. And he um, follows her there, <laughs> much to her distaste. Um, 
But it's really cool. Like they have to go get like eggs from basilisks in the Amazon and they have to get these gems from a cave on the side of a glacier in Antarctica. It's really cool. Um, It's really fun. It moves really fast because they're like on to the next task, on to the next task. And they're all like really unique. They have to deal with like a river guardian like in the Amazon. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a romance, so they fall in love. But there's a ton of adventure, and the world is so immersive. Like, you just, like, you don't even have to think about it or suspend your disbelief because she just does such a good job of developing this so well. Like, she doesn't ever waver on stuff. And you're like, well, but what about that? Like, she's got it all sorted out, which is really cool. Um, But I highly suggest it. Don't read the first one, friends. Just start with the second one. <laughs> um, and then there are a million more I don't think she's done yet. So they're just going to keep going forever. And, you know, it really sounds like something I would read. It's really fun. Like, most it's of it romance. is just kind of this. I know, but it's got all of this those. This is one, though. It's really interesting with hers. Like, this one would be, because one of the rules is, like, it's a romance because it doesn't, like, it can't stand alone without the romance. This one would. It's a super cool adventure story. Like it sounds like if they were just like two pals or like two people who just like hated each other, like it would still be a really good story. (laughs) Like you could totally, you might like this one, Martha. It's really. I can't believe I'm saying it. I I might actually read that. It's super fun. Who's buying it for Martha for her to try? We're finding a copy. I'm gonna do it. (laughs) You know, New Year's resolution. Christmas is coming. Something that we pick. I tried it. Audiobook. I didn't say that. You said that. (laughs) I mean, we're going to force this on you. Also, Did we not talk about the times now? We'll trade your llama books for some romance books. Yeah, you got like eight weeks left, friend. <laughs> the Wait. audio for these is very good. He's the best audiobook narrator I've ever heard. Really? He, he, he has such a knack What's, for languages. Do you remember the guy? Um, Robert Petkoff. He can do, so the idea is kind of like everyone's got their own accent. Like werewolves, they come from Scotland originally. So everyone's got like a Scottish oh, accent. They're Irish. You might have got They're me. Irish. <laughs> they're Irish characters, English characters, people from the South, people who just have normal accents. I have never heard an author be able to convincingly do so many. And he just flips in and out so fast. It's really impressive. They're, I own all of the audiobooks. It's the only series where I'm like, I want all of these. He's insanely talented. Okay. So that was... I'm going to... Uh, okay. Do it. Just listen to the audiobook. At the very least, you'd be like, dude, this this guy's really impressive. Okay. All so, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole. Do you feel impressed with yourself because I was so impressed? I'm really excited because I didn't really think about it when I picked it. It's just my favorite one of the series. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to read this week. It is. It's so much fun. Oh, my God. Is it time? Oh, my God. Are we here? We're here. Okay, so I know we're short on time, but... No, it's okay. Go this ahead. This is a hell of a book, guys. So I know I've talked about this on our last podcast, too, that I was oh, in the process right. of reading it, but <clears throat> I finished, right. and I finished on Monday, which was very impressive for me. Um, but House of Leaves, and it's by Mark Danielewski. Um, So this is going to be really complicated, if you have not heard of House of Leaves, because I had not, other than seeing, seeing it on a bunch of lists, I had never picked up the book and looked inside of it. Um, that's usually the first thing people do is open this book, look inside, and say, oh, hell no, I'm not reading that shit. <laughs> it, um, does, it really, really looks But I'm going to start out by saying it is way more intimidating than it really is, because honestly, if you 
the entire book talks about your perception of things and it talks about how light plays into things and how uh, darkness is the absence of light. And if you actually pay attention to what he is saying and looking at the pages, you'll realize that one part that's really complicated is literally a reflection of the other page. So you don't have to read the one in a mirror because it's mirrored from the other page. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that's um, super interesting that they do with all these pages. And it's, I don't know. It looks like it a piece of artwork. It really does. Intelligent, the way he put this together. And here I go on the plot. Just follow me here. <laughs> it is very complicated. It follows, we're going to call it two main people. Um, the first guy is, I don't know, really know what he is. But his name is Johnny Truant. Usually I don't tell you names because honestly in plots it's not really that important when I'm trying to give you a review. But in this book I'm going to tell you Johnny Truant is telling you a story about how he found this book because some dude died and his friend takes him over there and he gets this book thing. You don't really know what it is. You kind of find out it's in a chest and then then you start reading what is called the the Nifvids, the Navidson records, and the the Navidson records are uh, written by this guy, the guy that died. Um, his name was Zampano, uh, and it's he's telling a story again, complicated. He's literally telling a story about a family who moves into a house, and very soon after moving in, all of a sudden. The, the father realizes that the inside of their house is one inch longer than the outside of their house. And he becomes obsessed with this. First, he thinks something is wrong with his measuring tape. Then, so he literally starts calling people in, trying to get them to corroborate that like his equipment is wrong or they need to bring in their own equipment to figure out why their house is one inch bigger on the inside then on the outside. And then one day a room appears in between two bedrooms. And it's just like this empty, dark room. And then one day a hallway appears in the living room that goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> but they don't really know this at like... It's dark in there, and the guy kind of goes and discovers, like... Um, he takes a team, doesn't he? Eventually. Yeah. But at first, he goes by himself, gets lost, freaked out. There's growling. He doesn't really know where the growling's coming from. So as you're reading this story, Johnny Truant is talking about how he discovers this story. And <laughs> let's go back to the format of the book. You're reading the the Navidson records, but to get Johnny Truant's story, his story is actually in the appendix. But there's actually a several or like or what's it called? Footnote. It's in a footnote. But then there's also several footnotes because this guy is coming up with this story, like the Navidson records, and Johnny Truant is literally trying to figure out like where he's getting all of the, these facts, and so he's literally like noting them researching and noting yeah. them in the footnotes but then he goes on and tells his story in the footnotes so you find out how 
You have to really, really, really be committed (laughs) to read this fucking book. And sometimes there's three different areas of footnotes on the same page. Sometimes you can ignore one. There's literally at some point one where they're talking about how like architecture and he starts talking about the greatest houses ever. And it lists for probably 35 pages. The houses. Like in on the side, every house he can think of all over the world, including Mayan temples to like Castleberry Heights, like literally every it's insane. The thought that has gone into this book, it is almost like a masterpiece. Oh, I wouldn't go so far as to say it is a masterpiece. It is intelligent. Yes, but there are a lot of intelligent people I wouldn't want to have tea with. Sounds very (laughs) postmodern. But the story itself was like. Yeah, the story itself was really good. Pretty terrifying, too. Like, it literally, just think about this room being in your house that's, uh, and the way he they they describe it is, you walk inside, it's pitch black, there's no light, there's no windows. No sound follows, at first. Mm-hmm, no sound. You follow this hallway down, and there might be rooms on the, the, they'll open a door, it'll go into another room that'll have some more doors. It's all pitch black, the walls are ashen, um, there's nothing, and then... They even start talking about how the longer you're in there, things start to dissolve. Like your buttons will start falling off your clothes. It's really creepy. It is the, scary the actual as story. Hell if you actually think about after it, after you sounds dig- like somebody a guy would take a date to someplace. <laughs> <laughs> dissolving. Come on in buttons. here, honey. We have no clothes. Oh no, we're dissolved. <laughs> but, yeah, throughout the story, he better ends than up- tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) I think this guy had to have done some hard drugs in order to think of all this shit. It's really trippy. It is trippy. But, I mean, once you find the guts of it, it was really scary. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have to say that the format sometimes, especially with how lengthy it is, it Mm. does go on unnecessarily. And if he could have shortened it in some ways, I would have been more scared however i also see he's trying to get the point of like um johnny truant's state of mind he's trying to show it evolve as he's discovering more and more about this hallway in this house and so i think he's trying to get that point across throughout the book so i i kind of see why it, it does go on and on and, and it is fucked up at I, the end because i got the scary you know part of it and i i was really frightened by it but then i was like oh for sakes and the other best part about this book is when you get to like the climax of like at some point for an example they are exploring this hallway and he has a team of people like four or five people in there and something will happen just like in any story but they'll change the way they're writing it on the page and so at some point it'll literally be like a sentence and then it, the sentence just starts falling down so if you actually read it it like almost makes what's happening even worse and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> do you know how insane it would drive me to read a book like that you would hate I, it i couldn't do it you would, i can't you i can't even mix it. up my food when i'm eating it on my plate <laughs> i would not be able to see it's terrifying <laughs> i told you like did you know there's a second book get out it's really called the whale stow letters Okay, I'm not going to be reading that. You I'm can, going to. You can, can you go right me, I know we can't spoil anything, so when this is over, won't you tell me the end? <laughs> sure, if you want me to. I do, because there is no way I will make it. I'm like Vani. I, yeah, I can't. And it's just not practical. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I have to work, all the pages. I have to eat my food in a circle, finishing each thing before I start the next thing. <laughs> oh, you would hate this. Book. I can't mix my peas and my mashed potatoes. No, this thing is ridiculous. Literally, with like you're in the middle of a story, like literally about to hit a climax in like one story, and then you he- have to hear like Johnny Truant talk about some girl he fucked the other day. Yeah, no. it's really, really tedious. Mm. tedious but i actually really i read it in like five days it's 600 pages of tedious literally and like big pages i just couldn't after a while i'm like oh what the fuck is the point here and then literally (laughs) at some point i had to turn my book sideways to read some of the sentences yeah and you got to go hold it up to the mirror not well i know you don't have to yeah i got (laughs) it it's the exact same thing yeah i know but you don't realize that till you hold it up but i was holding it sideways and travis just like we're sitting on the bed Travis just like looks at me and starts laughing his ass off. He's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> you're reading you it right now. Look at around it. in circles." I he under- knows. He warned me about the book. Yeah, I but. understand why people are so crazy about it, but I think that the story would have been awesome all by itself. Yes, I I agree, but I do see why this book has literally it is legendary. A cult, yes, it is cult following. Yes. following, and I really did enjoy this story. And I could have done without the maze of pages. But if you really think about what he's talking about, because you've got this hallway that is dark. You don't know what's going on. And he starts talking about space and time and how, again, uh, darkness is the absence of light. And how, like, just all of these thought processes he goes through, if you think about that, (laughs) then it's actually, it makes it even more interesting. Now, it's not it, like yeah. my all-time favorite book in the entire world, but I did have a lot of fun. It is very unique. It is very like, unique. Like, if you're looking, if you're bored and want something that's actually a challenge to read and follow, this is actually pretty good and terrifying. But it's called The House of Leaves, and it's by Mark Danielewski. I think. <laughs> I think that's how you say that name. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move right along to the scariest book of them all? What did you read? Dun, dun, dun. I read The Deep by Nick Cutter. Remember Nick Cutter? Yes. He's written scary shit. Yes. I, I reviewed I reviewed The Troop last Halloween. Earlier this month, I reviewed Little Heaven. Yeah. Which was scary as fuck. That sounded scary. This one, though. This one. Damn. This is the third Nick Cutter book I have read. And if I had any small doubt that he is the new master of horror, that doubt has been completely erased. It was brilliantly written, but gory. Um, it reminded me a lot in some parts of it, especially in the in the first part where you find out that this guy's son disappeared and do you remember me talking about um the boogeyman by stephen king it's a short story Mm -hmm. somebody read it i don't remember who jessica jessica okay Mm -hmm. really fucking scary um but it it has a similar scene in there where he's talking to his child and his child's all freaked out at night and he was like scolding his kid for being, you know, afraid of the yeah, basically. 
And he says, well, it's just a figment of your imagination. And then he comes in the next night. He's like, daddy, daddy, the figmen, the figmen are back. And he's like, the what? The figmen is what he calls them. So then you kind of don't find out what really happened to the little boy right away. You just find out that he's missing. Um, he does this, the dad, in order to, to keep him placated, does this little, um, almost like a little trick where he puts these little shrunken up rocks in his closet. And he, well, at first he, he makes this elaborate trap out of something. I don't remember what the ingredients are. And he said, okay, now if we put this here and if they're, if, if we can trap them, they'll be there in the morning. Well, so then the kid goes to sleep and he goes and he puts these two little rocks in there. And then, you know, everything's fine and the little boy doesn't worry about the figman anymore. Well, later on down the line, the next part of the story begins and the dude's older brother is working in the Marianas, Marianas Trench, deepest part of the ocean. And he's the super scientist. And he gets a, the brother gets a phone call that says, okay, you have to come because your brother is asking for you. Well, he hasn't spoken to his brother in eight years and they're not close. His brother is really bizarre and they really don't get along. So the fact that his brother is asking for him is kind of weird. So he agrees to go and he gets on a boat and he goes down to this. I don't even know what you'd call it. Almost like a base near the bottom of this trench, eight miles down. We find out that through a little bit of the story that the last person that has come up from the depths, the the guy, his brother, won't come up. Mm -hmm. Refuses to come up. And one of the people that was down there gets sent back up in the pod and he has been cutting himself and how would I explain it even he has cuts all over his body that have been healed Mm -hmm. just in the time that he's come up in the pod they're working on something down there I know and the guy is it's like one big scar basically because he's got these little cuts all over him that have all been healed up so he looks absolutely grotesque this guy does that that has come up out of this place so they know that something really horrible is going on down there but they can't get anybody to talk to them there are a couple of people down there but the brother basically you know he won't come up he doesn't want to talk to anybody but his brother so they send him down there and when they get down there the the um the first thing they run into is there's this other doctor down there and his quarters are locked from the inside. Oh shit. And you can tell that the guy's gone completely mad. Mhm. Cuz you can kind of see in there. Well, it turns out they've they've started to do some experiments with this creature 
that they found at the bottom. And this creature has properties of regeneration. So he's, the brother has been doing experiments on rats. It is seriously beyond any kind of lab experiments, beyond any kind of, I, I don't know. I, it's really even hard for me to explain how horrifying this book was beyond. I mean, it takes a lot to freak me out. But the claustrophobia that you feel from being underneath there in this tiny little space, knowing that you're eight miles underneath the water, knowing that it's freezing cold down there, you're going to freeze to death if you can't get inside either with his brother or with this other guy, they're going to freeze to death if they don't get in. But to get in would be to get in. You know what I'm saying? God, it was so fucking creepy. Oh, it was so creepy. And then the coolest part comes when you discover it had the best ending ever, in my opinion. But I obviously can't tell you what it was because then it would ruin everything. But... um. You kind of get the idea, though, that this creature has been living at the bottom of the ocean and it wants to get out. Oh, sure. Hmm. So it's trying really hard to get out. Do we get an explanation for the dude covered in cuts? Yes, we do. Okay. I just want to yeah, make yeah. sure that there's a resolution to that. <laughs> yeah. Alyssa wants to read all of our books tonight. <laughs> yeah, They all sound really good. Well, maybe not yours. It sounds really hard. It, it is really... Um, <laughs> sounds scary. It has a lot of cool scientific stuff in it, which, of course, I liked. It sounds very like Michael Crichton. Like, I really... Yes. It sounds really good because I really like Sphere. That's my favorite Michael Crichton it book, was really, which is also at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's really super creepy. I'm going to have to read one yeah. of his books. Yeah. You know he has another dinosaur book? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go read that one. Yeah, I've read that one too. So anyway, uh, super creepy. <laughs> super fucking creepy. Creepy, 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 creepy. I loved it. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to discover an author who will definitely be... Going down in history as one of the greatest horror writers, right up alongside Stephen King and Joe Hill. This is the guy. It's Nick Cutter. It's Nick Cutter. His books sound more gory than like Joe Hill. Yeah, oh, definitely. He, he, Not I Stephen mean, King. You can, Stephen King can get pretty gross. No. Stephen King's got both of them. Yeah. But <laughs> this guy is even grosser than Stephen King. Ew. Yeah. That's why Martha mm. likes it. <laughs> That's one of the things I don't like about Stephen King. Why I like Joe Hill a little bit better than Stephen King is because his are less, still scary, but less gory. Yeah. But this guy has got the gore. But now as for like Little Heaven was way too gory for me. Mm -hmm. It was super, super gory. But this one was less gory, more suspenseful and more frightening. I felt it was more frightening. Hmm. And it had a great ending, too. It's a good way to wrap up Halloween. Yes. Yes. And now I'm all done reading horror novels, except for I'm right in the middle. I didn't finish it. I was kind of hoping to finish it so that I could end on a fun note. I, I'm actually reading one called My Best Friend's Exorcism. That sounds excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't quite get done with it. So. Well, you could always talk about it in a regular. I mean, we, yeah, we still maybe. do horror and... 
suspense novels for next year. Yeah, I'll save it for next year, unless it, unless it turns out to be really good. So far, it's kind of eh. It's okay, but not really that great. Could Julia Roberts star in it if they made it a movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the reason I'm having a hard time with it is it's high school students. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like eh. Uh, so, that, once again, that was The Deep by Nick Cutter. Which, by the way, is a pseudonym. The guy's real name is something else. Craig something. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> God, Martha. It's a pseudonym. He doesn't want to be known by that. Yeah. Ever. He writes under some <laughs> chick's name, too. He's, he's like, like ultra versatile. Right? I just don't want to know who Robert Galbraith, Galbraith, whatever. <laughs> Galbraith. You don't Galbraith. know who that is? You do know. Yes, I do. I just don't. Was trying he, to make a joke. Oh, he can't like, don't tell me. <laughs> you can't think about that when you're reading Robert Galbraith. It's you completely to, different. It is. Yeah. It is completely. And I that's both. That's why they do the pseudonyms. That's just great. They can be a totally other, different personality, separate, and it's cool. All right. I think that's going to conclude our month of horror. I feel we did really different this year. Last year, it was all theme, theme weeks. I think weeks. it was still all right, though, this year. I yeah. like this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I think it worked out good. We got a lot of diverse, different horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Had some cheesy. Had some classic. Yep. I managed to weasel some romance in there at the very yeah. end. Woo! <laughs> Even had some romance. <laughs> happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. So what are you going to dress up as? I'm not. I'm going to dress up as an old lady reading a book. What you're saying is you're going to dress up like me? (laughs) (laughs) However, my dogs are going to be a hot dog and a pumpkin. How very original. (laughs) Considering one of your dogs is a weenie dog. (laughs) The perfect costume. It fits her so perfectly. It even goes around her chub and everything. Well, Aww. my dog is dressing as a wide retriever. <laughs> my dog is not dressing up as anything because one time I put a sweater on her. When I got her, she weighed seven pounds. And there's just no, she's one of those dogs, no fat on her body. It was going to get super cold. And I got her a sweater and she laid down as though I had murdered her <laughs> for like four hours. And so, you. and then I took it off and I put it on top of her crate. And then a week later, she shredded it. <laughs> you so, embarrassed her. So Annabelle's not going to have a costume because she believes that it's torture, I think. My dogs actually kind of like having sweaters and stuff on. So, so you think. It was the most dramatic display of just <laughs> being upset that I've ever your seen. your sweater, Mom! <laughs> I hate you. I can't believe I have to wear that. That it was that. <laughs> And on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.